Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It in Real Estate. This week we have two very exciting investors. Their names are Adam and Justin, and they do something really cool. They invest into land. That's their that's their niche that they invest into. And today we're going to walk through how to do it, what what the um te- what's the real estate investment strategy are for that field, and learn as much as we, as we can for them. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Hey Brian, thanks for having us, man. Definitely. Hey guys, can we learn more about you? And can you walk us through your real estate journey? Yeah, Adam, kick it off for us. I'll let you have this one. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm let you go first this time. All right, so, choose all right. me a line every time. <laughs> every time I tell a story, Justin's going to tell a lie here in about five minutes. So be ready. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Adam Southey. I have been in real estate for off and on for about 15 years now. I've literally done everything. I've bought, I've been a new home builder, a rehabber, wholesaler, landlord. I've invested in mobile homes, you name it. I've done it. Um, and at one point in my life, I uh, went broke and I was dying to get back into real estate because this is where I always wanted to be. And I came across a, a podcast where a guy was talking about buying land and he was buying it for a hundred bucks an acre and then selling it for three or $400 an acre. Mm-hmm. My mind was blown because literally at the time, that's all the money I had. So I jumped in, I learned everything I could about it. My mm-hmm. first few deals, I bought three, two and a half acre parcels. Each one was for $250 and mm-hmm. I sold them uh, all three for a thousand bucks a piece. Holy moly. And, really uh, I was also getting some five acres back at that time, right around $500. And Justin, uh, he and I owned a business at the time. Mm-hmm. He wanted out of it. And uh, <laughs> that's not how that went. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I, I wanted to go all in, all in on land. And I was telling Justin about what I was doing and he heard. And so he got really excited. And then we ended up going off on our own and starting our own businesses, liquidating the one we had. And uh, we both jumped in right around the same time. And that was almost three and a half years ago. And it's, it's grown and scaled ever since then. Yeah, oh, wow. it's, uh, Absolutely amazing. It, yeah, it's uh, his his trajectory is a little bit different than mine. I I've been having corporate sponsored flips since about 2004 in houses, and I was working for the railroad. I was an, ex- an executive at a railroad, and I'm, mm-hmm. my best friend's calling me, telling me, "Dude, I can, I'm buying five acres for 500 bucks. They're sending me this stuff. I'm like, whatever. If you can buy that for that cheap, I will be all in on it, right? Mm-hmm. And he we had an Amazon business, like he said. He calls me, goes, "Hey, let's liquidate it." so I can buy real estate. And I'm like, cool, we're going in the real estate game now. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm going by myself. And I was like, wait, what about me? I want to do this too. And he, he says, we'll do it on your own. So we both kind of get started in our business, like he said, and go our separate ways. Yeah. Um, fast forward six months later, I've got my first big marketing material push out. I've bought and sold probably 10 or 12 properties. And I get that dreaded Friday morning call from my, my, my another executive. And I go meet HR and I'm, Give him my walking papers, you know. I'm told, hey, you don't have a job no more. Uh-huh. So I have this this dilemma. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Got yeah. two kids at home, house, mortgage, everything. And I'm like, well, what do, what do I do? I've got this business, and so we just jumped all in and went all in with it. And I love now, it. fast forward to us now. Yeah, a few hundred deals later, and here we are, and we're and we're loving every second of it. Awesome. Where are you guys located right now? We're in Fort Worth, Texas. Yep. Fort Worth, Texas. I love it. I love your story too because it it really reminds me of mine. You know, I started okay, nice. out. Amazon, and then miserably, I'm like, man, I don't like this at all. Like, I need to do something else, you know? Yeah, Amazon's crazy. Amazon's crazy because of the competition, right? We have a good product, and then all of a sudden, 40 people are selling that product too. And yeah, 
and then you're oh, i love your story like you jumped all in like i did too and i have to say when you have nothing else to lose and everything else to gain you would do things you would never expect you would do yeah, yeah. those cold calls you door knock you do whatever it takes yeah Pretty shameless, you know so with that mentality, I can see why you guys have been so successful. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's been great for us. It's spun off three companies and we continue to grow monthly and we're able to impact the land investing niche around us with, with our podcast, which everybody knows podcasts for free. You listen to them, but yeah. we document our journey. It's not like we're on there trying to sell this guru magic stuff. Right. We say, hey, we've got a course if you want to learn how to do it. It's there. Learn about us. And if you think that you re- it resonates with you, yeah, j- come join us. We're, we're ready to talk about it. So okay. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. So our listeners will know about your podcast. Sounds yeah, awesome. awesome. So let me ask you this, this basic question. Why did you guys pick land investing over other like real estate investing? What's the big benefit that you guys see in this field? Well, for me, it's really beginner friendly, right? It doesn't matter how much money you have, you can get started in this industry. So like I said, my first deal is buying what, two and a half acres of land for 250 bucks. Like who can't come up with an extra two hundred and fifty dollars? Mm-hmm. But then we also have clients who buy land for a hundred bucks all day long, right? And then you the ROI, you sell that for two, three, four, five hundred times what you paid for it. And that number scales too. As you're in this business long enough, now you're buying land for ten thousand dollars and you're selling it for thirty thousand dollars or even even higher. Yeah. And that's and he he hits the uh, the nail on the head with the the user friend being a user friendly niche. We've, we can talk about people that flip houses. I've wholesaled houses. I've flipped houses, gone and done the, the GC work myself, done multifamily. And I always come back to land because it's the least amount of time. I put out my marketing material. I get some good leads back. I look at it on, on Google Earth, make sure that it has access. The topography looks good. I check the comps on it using a free website and check a parcel outline to make sure. And I do a little bit of due diligence like that. Then I send it to title like you would with a house. Mm-hmm. They give me clear title. We put it on the proper. We put it on the market, and you sell it and try to get as much as we can. And when you're buying it, twenty to thirty cents on a dollar, you you can't go wrong. That's awesome, man. Yeah, let's not forget about also you can owner finance this stuff. Yeah, really? so, finance land. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, so that's the best part about it, right? So <laughs> okay. say you buy a piece of land. So say you buy ten acres for a thousand dollars. Yeah, you sell it for a thousand dollars down, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred bucks a month for the next three, five, seven, ten years, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You get interest you get all your money back up front. So now you've got nothing but straight cash flow. and there's no tenants. There's no water heater. There's no roof. There's no nothing. Yeah. And they don't pay you. You, the, the land stays in your name the whole time. So if they don't pay you after 60 days, you just cancel the contract and you resell it. Awesome. <laughs> Imagine tote the note car lots that the car doesn't drive anywhere. It sits in the driveway <laughs> the entire time. You, know, you hear that you hear people talk about tote the note car lots and how much money they make off of them. I mean, you can do that in land. So you have so many different exit plans and exit strategies that it's, it's not the typical, hey, I'm going to buy it for this, rehab it, get a renter in it, and try to refi if the, if the appraisal will make. Or, you know, in a multifamily, go in, change contracts, adjust it, get the rent rates up, refi back out. You know, it's, it's not that. This is an individual transaction that has three or four exit strategies that you can do. That's awesome. Can you guys walk us through your due diligence process? Like, what do you look for when you, when you purchase these lands? Because I'm pretty yeah. sure all of us, when we look at like Redfin or Zillow or whatever, mm-hmm. You're like, wow, there is a lot of land out there. But what yeah. makes that particular land worth investing into? So it's and that's a great question. We we talk about the type of property, a property type that we like. We call a bass boat property. That's kind of our key, a coin phrase that we use. And a bass boat property is 
don't you think about that 30 to 50 year old guy that has a bass boat or he has an RV or has the Harley Davidson. It's a place that he gets away uh, from the office or he dreams about at the office and he's at the water cooler and he's talking to his buddies like, yeah, man, I was out of my 20 acres, my cabin property this weekend. So what we do is we go out and we market looking for properties like that. So the idea of a thousand to $2,000 market value per acre, and we're going to try to buy anything from 10 to 200 acres like that. We go in and offer that money to them at 20 to 30 cents on a dollar, get those properties back, and then we market to those people. Now we can get them into that because it's about the same price as a Harley Davidson, a bass boat, a, a RV, the payment we can make the same and we just adjust the down payment. Hey, you get 20% down. Well, if we bought it for 20 cents on a dollar and yeah. we get 20% down, we're out of it for nothing. We have no risk. And now we've set up cash flow for seven to 10 years. That's awesome. And so the due diligent piece to that is we send out our market material after we've looked at an area, defined it as, hey, it's got the trees, the, the mountain range or stuff around it that we like, that we can find it in the market value that meet that criteria to make our margin for us. Mm-hmm. And then we send it out, we get one back and they call us, we make sure they're the owner. Mm-hmm. We check the parcel to make sure it has access because we want county maintained access to get us on the property. We don't want it to be covered six months a year in snow. And then <laughs> we look at it to see that it has those characteristics that we think is going to be something worth selling later on that dream that we're going to sell to these people. And we're going to, and it's, and yeah. it's quality land that somebody forgot about or inherited. And we just try to get it back to market. Awesome. Man. I like that a lot. I mean, when you look at these land, like, is there something that triggers in your mind? You're like, wow, like this can totally be a mobile home park or this can totally be like this new mall that can potentially be here. You know, like, <laughs> it, so that I'm going to answer that when I think Adam was <laughs> trying to jump in, but the, that, is yes, it does. That's the dreamer in us from the old real estate ways. Like, hey, yeah, we're going to make this a mobile home. We're typically in and out of a deal in about 90 days. 90 days? Holy yeah, God. so that's when we fund it, when we send the wire over to when we get our wire back and we're cashed out. So when you're seeing 100, 200% ROI inside yeah. of 90 days, you don't worry about the mobile home park or the mall development. You worry about how fast can I turn this paper? Yeah. And then what does that machine look like going forward? How awesome. do you churn? Yeah, because the whole idea here is that we're not developing. We're not swinging a hammer. We're not dealing with subcontractors. It's turning that money. Just like Justin said, buy low, sell high, do it as many times as you can. Yeah. So as you guys are, you know, working through the deal, I assume that you guys have a buyer's list. You guys mass email. So is there any particular way or method that you look for these buyers? Like are they just your, they can't be your stereotypical you know, buyers list where they're like, Oh, I'm gonna look for a broken down house or like multifamily. Like these guys have to be some what a little bit more experienced. So how do you look for these kind of buyers lists? Yeah. So while we do have buyers list, I wouldn't say that's our only, like with, I know with wholesalers, they'll go out and they'll, they'll have a list and they'll have, go find a house and they'll send it to their list and then it'll sell. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of our people are the end user. Mm-hmm. And so we market what we call be everywhere, right? So be yeah. any list the property for sale anywhere that someone may see it. So we do have buyers list, but we also market real heavy on Craigslist because people on Craigslist love to buy lands, but then Facebook, eBay, realtors, realtors <laughs> get it out on the MLS. They list it everywhere. I mean, you name it, put it in forums. If you uh, have a piece of land that you think would be really good for like an off-road community, go yeah. look for like a and a Facebook group that's about, you know, four wheeling or something and then post an ad in there. Just get to know people because that market buyer, I mean, that end buyer, they're, you never know where they're going to come from. And you've got all sorts of buyers too. Like I have truckers that buy from me because I have land along their route and they just like to know that they could pull off the road and park their 18 wheeler there or something. You've got people that just collect land. So like there's 
people who have a lot of money and they just have a thirst for land. So they'll just constantly buy land from you. But then there's the, the preppers, the off-grid livers, you name it. They're all, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And one, one other thing I'll add to that. Like, so typically our marketing goes, as it's going to that, we send out neighbor letters to the, con- oh, the, yeah. the contiguous owners and we buy it so cheap. We can essentially create our own wholesale list in any market you want because you have a neighbor that's touching that piece of land. So if it land is square, and it's got four people, then you hit the corners of those two. So now you've got eight people. You've got eight people that have a vested interest in what that piece of land does. And we send them a letter before we actually hit market with it and say, hey, we've got this. We're going to market it at this price. It's going to hit the market. We'd sell it to you here if you're interested. And we can offer that financing if you'd like it. And so we just continue to grow that that way as well. Yeah. I love to think about that one too, because imagine the house you're living in right now. If the piece of land right next door came up for sale and or was about to come up for sale, but the owner contacted you before and said, hey, I own the piece of land right next door to you and I'm going to sell it. But before I do, I wanted to see if you want to buy it. And if you do want to buy it, I'll even owner finance it to you if you can't afford to pay the whole thing right now. And so like who wouldn't jump on that? I, I know I would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. No yeah. lie. <laughs> we, actually, we have a uh, we have a book that's out and it's we'll give you the information for the show notes but we've got a special for your guys for 7.99 but what it does is it talks about doing that exact same thing but buying it from a state and then sending letters out while you're waiting for the period to come up on the the, the litigation period or the yeah. whole time because it's a tax deed property uh-huh. and then you send letters to the neighbors and say hey we want to double the size of your lot for 500 bucks and you're buying it for 50 dollars yeah. and so you send it to them 40 percent of them buy the rest we put it on eBay and it sells on eBay. That's awesome. And so you're still getting that same money. Uh, you, guys, you guys are getting me really excited to do <laughs> well. So you guys are convincing me. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and, that's, and that's the good thing. And that's kind of why we've, we, we like to do these interviews is because so many people drive by raw land. They're going on a freeway and they see this just Lansing out there and they've just, they're, they're numb to it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's an asset class that's got a value. Now, if you can buy it for under that, like any asset or any, any item, buy it for under the, uh, the market value of it and try to realize as close to the market value as you can, that's called the profit, the margin there is, is how you get wealthy. Definitely, I agree with that. And, and you guys bring up a lot of good points too. You know, like you don't just have one way of just selling your deals. You guys have Facebook, you guys have Craigslist and all the other ways you guys use. So I just want to make that clear to our listeners. It's like some people are like, oh my God, I have a buyer's list. Mm-hmm. I, there's no other avenues to look. You guys, you guys make a good point. Like there's Facebook groups out there that specialize in, in this type of things. And these investors in there, they're ready yep. they're to buy, you know? So that's yeah, yeah. a great tip for our listeners. I really like that, man. Yeah. Adam had a, he, you know, he talked about the off-roading community. So one day I was stumbling around and I'm looking at this Overland group and this guy, what he does is he goes out and buys property with 15 or 20 people and they all kick in some money. They like cheaper property. They can go park their Overland rigs on. That's a car that has the tent on top and, Everybody goes out there and camps. And so all these families have this camp spot for a couple hundred bucks each. Uh-huh. And so I got involved in this group and I was looking, I was like, man, I could buy land for a hundred bucks with these guys. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, I could just sell them the land because they're paying market value and I can bring it to them cheaper. So every deal I get, I said, hey, are y'all interested in land in this area? Y'all run the buys group? If they say, yeah. If not, he lets me post in there and I'll have somebody else in the group goes, oh man, we want to be in that area. Can, can we get a cash deal from you? And we, sure, let's go. So, you know, it's, it's the power of social media and what it can do for you. I agree. But that's not the only exit strategy. Yeah, you're right. Can you walk us through one of your most creative deals that you guys been through? Like, what is the most deal that you're like, wow, that's so creative of what we did to make this work? You know? <laughs> There's, uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think. One of, my, one of my favorite deals I like talking about, it's, uh, it was 
I'm driving down the road and this guy calls me and he calls my, my office number, which is a Google number. Most of us have Google numbers set up that goes to us. So, and he, and he I ring a phone or he rings and he goes, Hey, uh, this is so-and-so I sent you your letter back. I hadn't heard back from you and it's been a, you know, a couple months. What's going on? And I said, oh, I hadn't seen anything from you. I'm sorry. So kind of tell me about it. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just resend everything back to you and just give me a call on Monday. And I'm like, okay. So now I'm like really curious. This guy's a professor in California uh-huh. and he was responding to a piece of land in Oklahoma and I'm in Texas. So kind of, so you kind of know the geographic of how everything is set up. And he tells me it's 135 acres. His great grandfather bought and left it to his grandfather who left it to his dad, who left it to the three sons. <laughs> one of the sons had passed away and he wasn't really entitled to anything anymore because he'd passed away, but he wanted the wife to be a part of it. So now I've got this, I'm like, oh man, when you start hearing in, in any real estate, when you start hearing deaths on deeds and transfers, you're like, really let's nice. just hope they got it right. Yeah. Well, they tried. And in 2011, the guy came and he saw the piece of property and knew he didn't want it because it was a junk piece of property in Oklahoma. He wanted nothing to do with it. And I said, okay. And I had offered them like $48,000 for this piece of property. It's 135 acres. So I go out there and I, I look at the property. I'm like, man, this is great. This is worth some bucks. It's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm salivating. You know, I got to get this deal done. Well, I had to do what's called a quiet title action in Oklahoma where they put in a newspaper and they get clear title. We run through that. And during that time, I go out to look at the land and I saw that the neighbor had been paying the taxes on it because he had a land lease. Uh, There's a four generation handshake land lease to run cows on it. Yeah, so right. I uh, walk up to his house and I'm, I'm not a small guy, you know, I'm a decent sized guys who like to work out. And this guy pulls a gun on me and goes, I don't know who you are. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you, uh, do I need to get mine? It's in the car. Cause we're in Texas, Oklahoma. We kind of do stuff yeah. like that. And he's like, Wait. No. I said, I, I'm just here for the family next door. I want to look at the property. I just wanted to, I know you, you kind of have something to do with it. So I want to talk to you before I walked on the property. I didn't want you to come out and shoot me. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay. So we talked for a couple of minutes. He's like, well, I don't want that property. I'm supposed to have first right of refusal. And I said, okay, cool. He goes, my kids may. I was like, hey, just have them call me. Daughter didn't want it. Son calls me three weeks later after we get it, we're going through the quiet title, get it all closed and ended up making me a pretty low offer. And he knew it was low, but I made three times my money on it. Yeah. And so after it took about three months to get everything closed, but uh, $52,000 total in with all closing costs, quiet title to $135,000 cash that he handled all the closing costs. You know, that's, that to me was pretty creative. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, and I, I went ahead and wrote into the contract. I got hunting rights for the rest of my life on that piece of property that's if I wanted awesome. them. Yeah. So, kind of creative, but it shows that what you can do with land and why that value is actually there. I love that. I love that story, dude. A lot of, a lot of creativity to make it work, but like you mentioned some good points too. It's like, if you buy right, it doesn't matter the situation. You're still going to put you know? Yeah, that's the the thing. We get mad because we've gotten greedy in some aspects. When we when we mess up and we only make twenty or twenty five percent in <laughs> four months, you're like, man, it only made twenty five percent just to dump it to get it off the books. And, and think else? about that. So think about saying that I only made twenty five percent on my money in four months. Yeah, that's that sounds horrible to say it, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, that's why we're land investors. In the land niche, twenty five percent is a bad return. I mean, when oh. you're used to doubling or tripling your money, yeah. then when you make 25%, it's a, let, it's a big letdown. <laughs> we sound horrible for saying that. <laughs> Over here in Flippy, I'm like, yeah, I'm so happy you got 12%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's, and we, we kind of, we laugh about it and joke about it, but you know, that's kind of part of the stuff that we've learned and the systems we put in place to mitigate that risk. Like you said, if you can buy anything cheap enough or you buy right, you're yeah. not going to go, you're not going to get in trouble with it. Awesome. That's a really good point. 
thank you, thank you for that story, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. Hey, uh, so, what are your long term and short term goals in real estate? Do you guys want to get the big real estate development, or you guys want to just buy like a bigger lot of land? <laughs> What's the goal? <laughs> I think for me, it's to do is keep increasing the number of deals that can be done and yeah. the the profit range, but by keeping the company small. Because I don't, I have no desire to be an ivory tower with a fifty employees and analysts and all that stuff. Right? If I could get two or three. Four people with the two, you know, maybe they're uh, what's the word VAs. You know, they're virtual, and we grow, and you just have a solid team. For me, that's it. I mean, that's that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, and that's it's. He makes a he makes a great point that you know a lot of people see like the Trump Towers and see their names on it. You see the the Grant Cardone building, and everybody's like, I want my name on my own building. Yeah. And what we, I think we've both come from this is like if we can do enough deals that we continue to make money in their bigger profit range. You know, if, and, I, and I talk to our clients about this all the time. If you have a hundred grand working and you got 10 properties, average purchase price, 10 grand, and you sell them all for 30,000 bucks on average, you're making $200,000 every time that money turns. Well, if your whole time's 90 to hundred days, you're turning that three times a year, 600 grand profit by yourself with no assistance other than using title companies and realtors. Yeah. Would you, would you do that? And do you want to get any bigger? And yeah. so if you, for me, my short term goals are kind of, continue to grow the three companies that we have, but it's to move into a more of a, Hey, let's go out and buy big ranches. Cause that to me is like really attractive. Like, Hey, I love these big, like old ranches that have been on the market for a while, but bring them down to smaller ranchettes where the average person can afford them. And we force appreciation. You can hold the notes. You have all the exit strategies we talked about. And yeah. we kind of create new land by doing that because we've taken this massive ranch and developed it down to a ranchette. That's awesome. I really like that too. Cause for me, it's like, I like to keep my team small as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once your team grows like past 10 people, it's so much personalities to handle, so much extra headaches to handle. Yeah. yeah. Myself, it's like, I agree with you guys. Like if you could do in a smaller team and scale, wouldn't mm-hmm. like a smaller team, like hell yeah, let's do that. Yeah. It's my other investing principle too. It's like I had options to be like 200, 300 unit rentals. But I was like, no, that's not, I don't want to do more headaches. I just want like 20 paid off units that will give me passive income no matter what, you know? Yep, yep. So this is where we have a lot of similarities. So I'm like, wow, that's exactly how I think too. <laughs> well, just imagine if you had two or 300 yeah. finance pieces of land, there are no tenants, there are no bad headaches. So yeah. I don't know, that's, that's pretty feasible to do too. Yeah, the automatic payment systems just paying you and every day you're just getting direct deposits. Awesome. We're going to sell you on land. You're going to be a land investor before the show's over. <laughs> You're like, oh no, today we hit my land. Wait, there's nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, yeah, uh, that's, that, that you say that, and that's kind of funny because we, out of the all the deals we've done, I bet we've only been to about 5% of them. Yeah. And so it's not typical for us to go to the land because we got, you, you have Google Earth, you can pretty much see. And if you've got county maintained roads, typically you can see them on Street View. So you can see what's yeah. going on out there. Then we hire a drone pilot to go out and get us a video so for our marketing material. So for 200 bucks, we can have somebody on there with an in-depth look, video, and everything. And we know exactly what's going on on that property right now. And that beats a plane ticket to, you know, wherever Colorado or Tennessee and being gone away from our family. We do it in our office and have a good time as we go to lunch together and just mm-hmm. kind of laugh about it. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love how you guys are putting a putting 21st century spin to everything where it's yeah. like, you do everything remote, including investing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We haven't really talked about our marketing either. I think that's probably the most unique part of it Yeah, is we take all the negotiation out of it because when we do our marketing, we'll mail an entire county. Everyone that owns land in an entire county, we'll make them a blind offer sight unseen of 30% of value. 
And so that way there's no going back and forth with like, let's say you send a postcard. Well, now you got to go see the property, do all this and then make an offer. Yeah. Our people know what we're willing to pay before, before they ever even call us back. So yeah. it qualifies that lead. You have a warmer lead coming back to you. Now, sometimes people say, Hey, you offered me eight. I really want $10,000. Yeah. We look at it and if the value is 30 or 35, yeah, we're going to jump all over it. If the uh, value is 12 and we offer them eight, we say, Hey, we missed it in your area. We apologize. Yeah. We want to do the deal best we can do is four. And yeah. then they have to make a decision whether they want to sell it or not. We're not being so rude because they already know we were at six or eight, you know, so yeah. it's just a matter of us correcting it. I, I like that strategy too, just because I, as you know, I'm in the Bay area. So as you, you work with, you know, you send out postcards and, you don't name a price. What, what would he do? They'll call, they'll call you back and they'll be like, "Hey, like I want to sell my house for an absurd amount." Mm-hmm. You know, so if you give them or, or like the buyer or the seller the, the ability to hand off the first number, they're gonna say something ridiculous. Yeah, so your strategy a lot where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna give you a number. If you don't like it, say no. If you or yep. just say, call me back. If you want to negotiate, let us know. Yep. And you yep. have that baseline, you know. Yeah. So yeah. That's makes a, a huge difference in negotiation. And we've used the same technique with houses and apartments. And we've, and we've been successful doing that as well. I mean, imagine sending an apartment complex, a letter of intent with a blind offer on it. And when I say that to a multifamily person, they yeah. go, you can't do that. You need to know the cap rate, the NOI. You got to know this. I said, you know what you think it's worth. Like you have an idea. Then you're going to an inspection period. Then you figure it all out. The, the yeah. letter of intent just says, hey, I'm willing to do this like this in this time. And so we've done that as well. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say it. and we've bought 15 or 20 multifamily buildings like that. I love it. That's a great strategy, guys. Thanks for sharing that strategy. <laughs> hey guys, what is your biggest source of motivation? What, what is your why? What keeps you going every, every day, every morning? Man, for me, my, my why kind of, I, I, I could say the easy stuff is that, hey, my kids, my wife, my family, and I want to support them. Yeah. But really it's, I think if I went deeper than that, it's, I think with every, every entrepreneur, every investor, they have this desire from being a kid that they just either something didn't feel right to them and they knew there was more to life. And yep. so my why is that drive and trying to figure that out and proving to myself that, hey, there's this better than what I was and I'm gonna continue to grow from that. So I think that we all have that. So like your title says, you know, crushing it. Even when we crush it, we don't realize we're crushing it as an entrepreneur, somebody that's gonna be continue to be successful because we don't think that we ever did it good enough. We're gonna do it better next time. And we're gonna Absolutely keep doing it. that one, man. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's for me is my why is continue to grow that crush. And I want to keep crushing it. And when I crush it, I'm going to do it again better. Love it. Love it. I'm there with him too, exactly on that. But my why is also more of a have to. It's like, I have to be a good entrepreneur. I have to be crushing it because I am the absolute worst employee you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I'm unemployable. Like give me a job and expect me to be the worst and, and we'll be okay. But, but if I'm, I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and the only way to do that is get out there and keep moving every day and knowing I got to keep the lights on. I don't know if you can see this, but I've got a tiny lamp on my desk where I, at one point in my life when some real estate things went bad, when the market turned that this lamp was the only thing I had to like live by. That was the only electricity I had in my house. And so I keep it on my desk now as a reminder every day to get out there and keep working hard, keep building. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> I love that. I like that a lot too. Because for me, my why is to, I'm using real estate as a tool to kind of do other things. Mm-hmm. But my why is to leave the world in a better place than when we first came into it. Mm-hmm. And I realized the only way to do that is to free up my time. That yep. way I don't have to worry about your basic living expenses, all that stuff. And yeah. when you take care of that, your mindset changes. Yeah. Oh, very like, nice. oh, like, what else can I do to like 
help the world become a better place. You know, yep. uh, it sounds very humanitarian and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, we're, I think yeah. we both agree with that because, you know, for us with our podcast, our journey wasn't designed to say, hey, let's go out and sell a bunch of courses, a bunch of books. Let's get all this notarized and be notarized. Like we go to a big REI meetup. People are like, oh, that's Adam and Justin. It's not about that. We, we thought, hey, we've been through some of these problems. We had some trials and tribulations. Yeah. And if our story can at least help one more person become successful and become financially free, then we've done our job as humans, of good people. We've, we've affected their family and their, generational, their generations of family. And yeah. so for us, that's kind of what it started as, hey, let's, we're two friends. Let's talk about what we're going through and just record it. And 150 plus episodes later, we're still talking about it. We're still impacting those people. And for us, that's, that's a win. If we don't make any money off of it, we're successful because we've impacted some other person's life. So we're with your why. We, we agree with 100% believe in it. I love it. I love your mission. I love your mission statement. I love what you guys are doing. Giving back as much value as, as you can. It's very an abundance mindset, you know? Like you guys yep. are like, oh, wow. Like, you know, like there's so many money, so much money out there, like so many deals out there. Like we can all be really successful. And that's mm-hmm. the trait that I see like really successful people have, you know, the abundance mindset. You guys definitely have that. Thanks. Definitely. Hey, so a couple of questions left. So if you could restart your real estate career, what would have, what would have you done differently? I think I would have scaled up quicker because <laughs> like when you're brand new yeah. and you don't have a lot of money, yeah. uh, it's really hard and you want to kind of keep it all to yourself. But if you get out and talk to everyone you can, and especially the deals that we're buying as cheap as you are, when you first get started, you can partner. And I think everyone's kind of afraid to partner as much as they can, but yeah, like if the more people you can find to partner with, the more money you can make, even if your percentage off of each deal is smaller. Absolutely agree that one. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great one. I, I like the idea of scaling faster. Um, I'm going to take a different stance on this one though. All right, go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the stance that I don't know that I would do anything different because if I did something different, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is I, I feel that we've done what we needed to do to get here and it all took place because it had to happen. You know, now would things have been better if I would have done something different at one point? Yeah. Or if I would have tried harder in this or not, but it still got us here. And I think that I I find our, our success has been because we were perseverant and we're consistent. And I, those are the things that I think need, people need to work on is scaling and being more consistent and knowing that just one little problem is not going to just destroy you. And so if you can get through that at the beginning, which we had to, to get here, um, you know, I, I can't know that I go back and change anything. I know and that sounds kind of like a cop out, but I, <laughs> I don't know that I could. I'd start sooner, have more time. You know, I can't go back and change that. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with both of you guys. You know, like, some days you wish you're like, ah, oh, I should have done more. Or something. You look back, you're like, wow, like, yeah, it's okay. Because without these things that happened to me, like, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's a, that's a little bit more valuable, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you definitely learn a lot in your mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> you just you just hope they don't cost you anything. Yeah, and I like what I like that you brought out like to be like, hey, like how how consistent are you? You know, because I feel like in real estate to be successful, you have to be consistent. Yeah, right? there's there's gonna be a lot of times where things don't work out for months. You're like, wow, why why are we not doing anything? You know, what the hell is going on? You have to be able to work hard when no one else is looking. Yep. Yeah, 100%. That's one of my biggest things is yeah. people give up mm-hmm. too soon, right? But how, how soon is too soon? You, you know, you never know. You could be working on this for two years and then yeah. you quit because you didn't do anything. But all you needed was two years and one month before yeah. you st- struck it big, right? Yeah. If this is your dream, if this is your goal, then you never give up. You just keep working for it. Absolutely agree. I'm one of, I'm one of those guys too. Like I was in real estate for two years. <laughs> I couldn't find a deal. 
Mm-hmm. And when the first deal came, the second deal came like two, three days after that, you know, because I was preparing myself in two years to know what's a good and bad deal and know what, what to do next. Yeah. I literally flipped like five houses in my first four months of action. Yeah. Wow. Prior to that, it was like two years of like, oh my God, I'm such a poser. <laughs> 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 yeah, and that's you you say that and you say it jokingly looking back, but there are a lot of people that probably listen to your show and listen to ours that sit right on that that fence and they 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 they're a land investor because they bought the course or they're a real estate investor because they bought whatever course and learned and go to the meetups, but they're scared to jump off. And that's the thing is you you kind of have to just jump and, and do it. Get started and go, be consistent, and then know there's gonna be some issues, just work through them and keep moving forward. Yeah, no no analysis paralysis, you know. It's gotta yep. push through. Yep. You guys, what is your uh, favorite book or podcast that gave you guys such a big breakthrough that changed your mindset? <laughs> so I hate saying this because I feel like it's every real estate investor's answer when it comes to books, but it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like, I don't know anyone who hasn't read that book, especially when they're <laughs> a newbie and just isn't like, oh my gosh, this is it. What, what have I been waiting for? Like, I, 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 and I, I cringe when I say that, but it's true. That's the book that got me started. It's wow. an awesome book, by the way. It's no it shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell on myself here a little bit, Brian. I, I've recently switched the way that I, I learn, and I've been using a, 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 a app called Blinkist. And so I can read, I can hear the cliff notes of three nonfiction books a day at a gym. So sometimes the, the amount of information I'm getting to consume now is so much that I can't remember the titles of them. Uh-huh. But I, I get that stuff. So one of them I just read was about ultra learning. And to me, that was super cool. Yeah. How the different ways you can learn a massive amount of information really quickly and uh, in the different ways you can do that and the different angles it takes to do that. I love that. I think going off that topic, one of my favorite books that I read this year was Deep Work by Cal Newport. Okay. It talks about, it's not like, you can learn a lot of things really quickly if you set up time blocks in your day. You have mm-hmm. one or two hours where you just, don't let anything distract you. You just sit and focus on the subject and your ability to intake the information comes a lot quicker because you're not distracted. Yeah. Try mm. to strategy. In the book, he's like, okay, like your, your time, your attention span is very limited. Mm-hmm. Right? People say they, they work for eight, 10 hours, whatever. That's all. That's all. It's not true. No. no. Time blocks. You do like two hours of deep work and then you take an hour break and you do another two hours and then take another hour break. That's the best way to learn. That's the best way to grow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's great. That's one of my favorite books I read out there. Hey guys, so how can our listeners find out more about you? How can we reach out to you? Yeah, Casual Fridays REI. That's our podcast. It's like okay. we said earlier before, it's all about our land journey. Um, we tell our ups and the downs. We answer questions that we see around. We've got a group. We answer questions for them. We don't we try and leave anything out. That's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Casual Fridays wow. REI as well. And CasualFridaysREI.com. Yeah. Let's <laughs> not forget about the website. <laughs> the website's there too. I'll make, sure, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Hey, guys. Thank you for being on the show. It's really enjoyable. I appreciate it. Ryan, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. You guys got me to become a land investor now. We'll be talking more after the show. Yeah, we'll perfect. S- we'll send you a copy of the book that we talked about, uh, Coffee Money Real Estate Investing. We'll send that over to you. So you it's a quick read. You'll enjoy it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Right. Thanks. Bye-bye.